Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Before we get into tonight's video, I need to let you all know what to get your mother for Mother's Day or any other parental figure for the holidays. Universal Yums will send them an incredibly delicious box of snacks from random country around the world. I have gotten boxes from Japan, uh, Ireland, the UK, Wales, all over the place. Egypt, even. It's crazy the amount of countries that they have just send snacks to them and then they ship them out here from the U.S., it's really, really fun. It's only $15 a box, and if you use the link down in the description, I get a little kickback from it. So it really helps me out, it helps out the channel, and it works as an incredible gift. As you can see in this box that they sent me, it is just slam full of absolutely delicious treats, and it makes a really, really awesome gift. It's fun for the whole family to try things, and maybe just get one for yourself if you're feeling greedy. I'm not going to judge you. Check out the link below, top of the description, and in the pinned comment to order a box from Universal Yums and also support me and the channel. Thank you everyone, and I hope you have a wonderful time listening. I don't know what they'll find of the body after the fire. Maybe enough to know that what I'm writing here is true, though somehow I doubt that. If it was that easy to discover, if there weren't people or forces working to keep it a secret, wouldn't people already know something like this? No. My guess is that the body will be burned up, melted, or mysteriously gone. Maybe that last is the best. I doubt they'll charge me with murder if there's no sign of where Joey went. Following that line of logic, I shouldn't be writing any of this down, should I? just going to incriminate myself further. But it doesn't matter. I can't not tell what happened because of some hypothetical fear being locked up. Besides, I have a feeling little will be said about any of it. I'll either be forgotten and I'll be left alone, or someone will track me down and, well... Maybe I'm paranoid, but I don't plan on using my own name or cards for a while. I don't know who I can trust, so I won't trust anyone but myself. And I need to tell what's happened the last few days. Until last night, I worked at Radstock Distribution Center at the edge of the town of Jessica's Resolve. The distribution center was really just a big warehouse, though it was laid out differently than any I'd ever been in before. The building had once been a massive woolen mill, and years after that shut down, someone had tried to convert it into either apartments or offices, which I was never sure. The main floor was two stories, high and largely open, but there were two floors above the two below that were full of smaller rooms and various states of renovation. 
The conversion projects had apparently run out of money halfway through, so there were places that had partial walls or exposed electricals and other areas that were completely finished and even partially furnished, maybe as models for whatever these smaller chambers were meant to be. Whatever the case, the whole place had been turned into a distribution center in the late 90s, and at one time it had supposedly been quite busy as a third-party hub for various smaller companies that needed to ship and store goods but weren't big enough to have their own warehouses across the country. Since I'd started working there five years earlier, things had not been so exciting. Most weeks we only got a couple of trucks dropping off or picking up something, and it was hard to see how the place was making enough money to be worth keeping it open at all. Me and my partner Joey would sometimes joke that the warehouse must be owned by some giant company that had just forgotten we exist. And so long as we kept getting paid, that was fine by us. Our job, aside from processing the few shipments that did come and go, was mainly just making sure nothing got damaged or stolen. We usually worked a 12-hour evening shift from 6 to 6, 5 days a week, so every night we'd swap off as to who had to do the check. Doing the check meant going over to the main floor, but also the other four. Checking every window and door, making sure that there were no leaks, no signs of faulty electrics or other problems. We'd never had anyone try to break in during the five years I'd been there, but in theory, we were looking for any signs of that too. I guess we could have checked more often than once that night, but there wasn't much point. So long as the merchandise wasn't missing or damaged, we were good. To be fair, doing the check took over an hour if it was done right. We could have split it up every night, but honestly it was simpler to just swap off. Less interruptions of whatever else we were doing. Watching Joey's little TV, playing games, reading, or just waiting for the night to be over. I've had people ask me before if the old woolen mill is creepy, and I don't get skittish wandering around it by myself in the middle of the night. I always used to give them the same answer. It was creepy at first, yeah. It's big and old and weird after all, but it's just like anything else. You get used to it. And after a while, you don't think much about it at all. It's just a building. Just a job. Nothing to get that worked up about. That's why, when Joey came back from doing the check three nights ago, and he looked freaked out, I immediately sat up and asked what was wrong. Joey didn't get freaked out. He'd been there longer than I had, and the only time I've seen him even slightly on edge was the time we found a water moccasin trying to build a nest in the back of some boxes on the main floor. But this wasn't on edge. He was breathing heavy with eyes wide and a quick rigid gait as he came back into the admin office and shut the door. It didn't escape my notice that he thumbed the knob's lock before turning around. Joey, what's up, man? Did you see a snake or something? He looked confused for a moment and then shook his head slowly. No, nothing like that. I... Puffing out of breath, he walked over to the closest chair and sat down. You know that, uh, door on the bottom level? I raised an eyebrow at him. Which one? There were like eight or nine doors down there. Even as I said the words, I realized I was just buying time. A part of me had already known the door he meant, and the thought of it made my stomach sink. You know, the one we don't have a key for? 
At the end? I nodded. Yeah, sure, what about it? My sense of dread was only growing. The door had always been a weird thing. Everywhere else was either unlocked, unlockable, or we had a key. But that door had always just been locked and closed off from us. We were not told to bother trying to get in, that it wasn't part of our job. Joey wiped a sheen of sweat off his forehead and gave a small laugh. <laughs> I, uh, I know this sounds crazy, but I, I, I think the door moved. At first, I just stared at him, and then I laughed, too. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I'm sure it did. It sounds like you got started early tonight. I tried to keep the note of disapproval out of my voice, but I still heard it there. Joey liked to nip from his flask the last half of the night, but it was rare that he ever got more than a little tipsy, and never before midnight. If he was starting to drink before the check, that might have become a problem. He grimaced at me. I haven't had a drop, I swear. I... Look, you know where the door is. It's on the right side of that back wall down there. Nothing but bare cinder block on the left side, right? I nodded slowly. Yeah, that's that's right. Okay. Well, just now, I went down to do my walkthrough, and it was in that same spot, right? Sure. Joey shook his head. No, just listen. I was done checking down there. I was about to head back up. And then I heard a noise. I don't know what it was, but it wasn't like a normal noise for this place. It sounded a bit muffled and far away, but it still sounded like it was coming from down there where I was at. Back toward the wall and that door. So, I went to look, and that's when I saw it. The door was on the left side of the wall now. I felt a stir of nervous irritation that crawled out of my belly and settled onto my chest. <laughs> Look, man, is this some kind of joke or a prank or something? Because I'm not really feeling it. No, it, it's not, I promise. His voice had been rising as he caught himself, taking a breath before continuing on. It's not. I'm telling you the truth. The door had swapped to the other side of the wall. I wasn't confused on which door and wall I was looking at either. It's the only one like that down there. Shrugging, I nodded. I mean, that's true, but you know that's not possible, right? Maybe you just freaked yourself out, right? It happens to everybody. Or it was a trick of the light. It's so dark down there, it's hard to tell what's what sometimes. Joey glared at me. I'm not an idiot, and I'm not scared of this place. He paused and added, or I wasn't, at least. Seeing he was serious, I tried to pump the brakes and not sound so jokey or sarcastic. I didn't believe what he was saying, of course, but me acting like an ass was just pissing him off without getting closer to an answer. Taking a sip of my coffee, I nodded. Okay, so... I believe you. 
Did you go up to the door? Did you try the knob and see if it was still locked? Joey's cheeks reddened. No, I was too spooked. Once I made sure I wasn't just confused or looking at it wrong, I came straight back here. Okay, well, I, I, don't, I don't blame you. I can go check it out if you want me to, but no. Just... Just leave it alone. We can always check it out tomorrow, right? Maybe it'll be back to normal then. To my surprise, relief flooded through me. What was wrong with me? Was I really so easily scared? There was no way what he was saying was true. Doors didn't move like that, so he was either drunk, mistaken, or he really was fucking with me. Still, I couldn't help but breathe easier now that I knew he didn't want me to go back down there. I gave him a smile. Sure, tomorrow. Sounds like a plan. I was on edge for a couple of hours after that, but by the end of the night, Joey seemed to have calmed down some, and that helped me feel better too. Maybe he'd realized that his joke wasn't funny, or recognized that he could have made a mistake down in the dark. I didn't want to embarrass him, so I'd just let it drop unless he brought it up again. When he didn't, I put it out of my mind and went home. It wasn't until I was parking the next afternoon that I thought of it again and felt that nervous feeling slowly waking up for the night. Trying to ignore it, I went inside. Normally, we do our nightly check around 10, but that night I decided to go ahead about 7. We hadn't talked about the door moving so far that night, and I kept telling myself that Joey was over it, but I still wanted to go ahead and do the check early in the evening, if for no other reason than to get rid of the dread I was feeling. The urge to go downstairs was strong, but it's not how we ever did it. It was always from the top to the bottom, not the other way around. And if I change the routine now, it may prompt Joey to start up about the door again, if only to see if he could spook me. So I went through the top two floors. They were mostly empty except for a few bits of extra furniture and boxes of paper. found myself moving quicker than usual through the finished areas. They'd always been the most unnerving part of the entire building. Fully furnished rooms that looked like they'd been ripped from somewhere else. Somewhere more normal left to slowly decay here like hunks of meat digesting in the belly of some. No, I had to stop that shit. Get my head straight and get the check done. Go through the main floor, check the basement levels, look at the stupid wall so I could tell Joey that everything was okay and then I could finally relax. The main floor and the first floor of the basement were fine, but when I got to the bottom level, I departed from my normal route and headed straight for the back wall. Better to get it over with and... Fuck. Joey was telling the truth. The door was on the wrong side. Heart pounding, I racked my brain for some logical explanation. Was I turned around? No, like we'd said, this was the only wall and door like this down here. Someone have come and moved the door over somehow during the day shift? But that didn't make any sense, and I wasn't sure if it was even possible in a day's time. 
signs, the wall and the door all looked the same, faded and dirty with disuse. He was just on the wrong fucking side of the wall now. Rubbing my face, I tried to decide what to do. I could just leave now and go tell Joey he was right, but what did that solve, really? I wasn't ready to quit an easy job because of some freaky door that could have a logical explanation. So maybe I should just try to find the number for the daytime manager and ask if they knew what was going on with the door. That was more appealing. It might give a simple answer that made sense. Still, I didn't want to deal with management if it could be helped, and wouldn't they have told us if they or whatever parent company actually owned this warehouse were making changes to one of the levels? Most likely. Unless they were doing something shady. Assuming it was physically possible to move a door like that in the span of one day and make it look like it hadn't been moved or had parts replaced, it was also possible they were doing something they didn't want people knowing about. It sounded far-fetched, but would this be the first place that was some kind of weird front for dealing drugs or guns or whatever? I don't think so. Swallowing, I forced myself to start walking toward the door. I needed to at least check it closer for signs of being new or changed. And I needed to test the knob. Joey looked up as soon as I walked back into the office. Do you see what I meant about the door? I locked the knob and glanced out the window before turning back to him. Uh, yeah. It was just like you said. I don't understand it, but it's on the left side of the wall now. He looked relieved and scared at the same time. See? Jesus. I've been scared I was going crazy, but I knew what I saw. You didn't go near it, did you? Shuddering slightly, I walked over and sat down, not quite daring to meet his eyes. Yeah, I... I did. I wanted to get a closer look, you know? See if I could see how someone moved it without us knowing, but... It's the same door, I think. It even has dust on the top of the doorframe that looks ancient, I, I don't... But that doesn't matter. I tried the knob. It was unlocked. Joey sucked in a breath. Did you open it? Looking away, I stared out the window and gave a shrug. I tried, but I couldn't get it open. Was it blocked from the other side or something? Glancing back at him, I just shook my head. I couldn't see what was on the other side, and after that, I left and came back here. I sat tense, waiting for his next question. When one didn't come, I looked over at him. He was staring bleakly at the TV, his face lined with worry. Looking at him, I felt a pang of sympathy. He needed this job even more than I did, and freaking him out worse wasn't going to help anything. And maybe I was wrong. It wasn't impossible that my imagination had run wild down in the dark, especially after seeing the door move to the left side. It's weird, for sure, but let's just see what happens, okay? 
Maybe they changed the wall while we weren't here. Maybe when you saw it the first time last night, you didn't notice the change because you're so used to how it was. Then when you go back, it seemed like it had changed from one minute to the next. I leaned forward. I mean, isn't that possible? Looking over at me, he seemed skeptical as he nodded. Yeah, I guess it could be that. He paused before adding. And I mean, nothing has happened to us, right? And it's their business, what they do back there, if they change stuff around. So as long as we get paid, don't have any problems. I nodded. Yep. Looking past him to the TV, I asked him what he was watching. That led to us watching part of an old action movie and talking about what some of our favorites were. By the end of the night, things seemed normal. At least on the surface. Inside, my stomach continued to churn. A half dozen times, I almost told him the rest of what had happened in the basement. Every time, telling myself it had been my imagination. Or even if it wasn't, it wasn't a big deal. It wasn't our business, what went on behind that door, after all. Instead, I kept quiet. And when our shift ended and we went back to our cars, I waved to him like nothing was wrong. It wasn't until I was driving away that I said out loud, like I was talking to my friend and partner, Joey. So yeah, I couldn't get the door open. Not because it wouldn't open. The knob turned just fine, and when I pulled the door, it seemed to be swinging easily at first. But then the knob was ripped out of my hand. Looking into the rearview mirror, I could see a mix of fear and shame in my eyes. Joey, there's something on the other side of that door. And when I tried to open it, they slammed it back shut. The next night, I offered to go down with Joey to check the door. I still hadn't told him about the door slamming back shut, and I'd half convinced myself that I'd either imagined it, or it must have just been on a spring or hydraulic that made it quick to shut back. I hadn't tried it again, had I? No. I'd just run back upstairs and locked the door like a little kid. But I still had enough guilt and uncertainty that I knew I needed to make the offer. Joey seemed to consider it and then shook his head. Giving me a dry laugh, he said it'd be fine and he'd hit me up on the radio if he saw anything funky down there. Anything more than a magic door, he added with a slight grin. That was about 9.45. And by 10.15 or so, I could see him moving between the stacks of pallets, crates, and shelves that filled portions of the main floor. I could feel myself tensing as he turned toward the steps that led downstairs and out of view. The minutes started to crawl by. I expected him back by 10.30 or 10.40 by the latest. But by 11, there was still no sign of him. I started trying to get Joey on the radio, but there wasn't a response. That wasn't that weird by itself, actually. Some of the walls in that place were surprisingly dense, especially in the basement levels. You could transmit in one spot and get nothing five feet over. I looked at the clock again. 11.10. Okay. I need to go back and check on him and... Done and done. 
I let out a scream as I turned to see Joey standing in the doorway. Shit, man. You almost gave me a heart attack. You okay? He looked fine other than a bandage wrapped on his left hand, and noticing me look at it, he held it up with a smiling nod. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine. Scraped it on something down there. Don't even know what. Just noticed it was bleeding, so I wrapped it up. He paused and added, that's what took so long. I studied him for a moment and then nodded. Okay. Well, I was getting worried. I was about to come look for you in a minute. Swallowing, I went on. How's the door? Is it still on the wrong side? Joey raised his eyebrows and let out a slow breath. Yeah, it is. It's weird, isn't it? But it's not causing any problems, so I say live and let live. He pointed to the TV. What's on that's good? Feeling some relief, I glanced at the TV. Looks like it's one of those superhero movies. If you want to watch something else, I can... He came and sat down, picking up his coffee and taking a small sip, and then a longer pull from the cup. Damn, this is good. Glancing back up at me and then the TV, he shook his head. No, that's fine. It looks interesting. For the next two hours, we sat watching the movie in companionable silence. When it was over, I glanced over at Joey, half expecting him to be asleep. To my surprise, he was still wide awake and smiling. That was pretty good. I used to love comic books and stuff when I was a kid. I raised an eyebrow. Really? I didn't think you liked these kind of movies that much. Frowning slightly, he gave me a shrug. <laughs> I mean, I don't think you can beat the classics, right? Stuff like Sonic Man. Hell, I was in my 20s by then, but Nick Cage was a badass in the first couple of those. I just stared at him, trying to see if he was joking. Dude, what are you talking about? Joey looked slightly confused. You know, Sonic Man. He was a soldier that got trapped in an experiment where they were testing POWs. The rest of them got obliterated, and at first he was too, but then he came back. He was like a ghost made of the screams of his dead buddies. In the 70s, he was mainly getting revenge on evil military villains, but in the 80s, they did a rework of him. He was in a gang, but he tried to stop the other gang members from hurting this store full of innocent people or something. He got killed with the rest of them, but he came back, powered by their dying screams. Same kind of deal, except he couldn't fly anymore, and he could scream and tear people apart. It was pretty gnarly, man. He looked at me questioningly before going on, his eyes still fixed on me. And then, you know, they made those Nick Cage movies. The first two were awesome. Violent, badass, really liked the comics, right? But then they made the third one, PB-14, and it was pretty lame. I mean, I still watched it, but they don't have those movies here, do they? Heart pounding, I started to stand up. What do you... Joey's hand was around my throat now, choking off my words as he finished standing and started dragging me to the door. He'd always been bigger than me, but how was he this fast and strong? I clawed at his arm and chest, but he seemed to barely notice, chuckling to himself as he pulled me out of the office and across the warehouse floor. <laughs> Dumb of me, right? 
I mean, it wasn't going to last forever, but I was enjoying hanging out for a bit. And to be fair, how the hell do you not have Sonic Man here? Between blind panic and lack of air, it was hard for me to focus on what he was saying or anything else, but I did notice he was taking us toward the basement stairs. An image of the wrong door there flashed in my mind and I started fighting harder. For a moment his grip slipped and I managed to wriggle free and fall to the floor. He was on me with the next second, but not before I got my feet up and kicked him as hard as I could in the face. His head snapped back, followed by his body as he fell backwards and down the concrete stairwell that led to the dark below. Oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. What if Joey was just crazy or something and needed help? Did I just kill him? I started looking around for something to use as a weapon or a light. There weren't any lights on the stairs, and I wasn't going to go all the way down to the first level basement to hit the switch there. But I needed to see if he was okay or coming for me again before I turned my back to the stairwell. Glancing around, my eyes landed on a large cardboard box at the end of a nearby row. I knew that box. It had been there for over two years, and unless I was wrong, the manifest said it was full of emergency road flares. Keeping my eye on the shadows surrounding the way down, I went over and ripped the box open. Inside were smaller boxes, each containing a roadside kit with two reflected pop-up triangles and three road flares. Dumping out one of the kits, I grabbed up the three flares. Taking the cap off the first, I pulled free the yellow tag that was supposed to light it. It worked, and the bright red flare making me wince and turn away, my eyes watering. All the shadows shuddered and danced in the shifting light, and it took a second before I realized part of the motion I was seeing was coming from Joey coming back up the stairs. I was a good hit, kid. Doesn't change anything, but it was a good try. He chuckled wetly, and I could see why. His face looked slick and misshapen now, though I couldn't say for sure in the red glare if it was covered in blood or something else. Bad news is, now I'm going to have to break your arms and legs before I carry you down. <sighs> Fuck this. He was crazy and... and... Something was moving on his face. Coming out of his face, long, dark worms were sliding out of a half-dozen places in his face, open wounds, his left nostril, pushing past the weeping, deflated eye in his right socket. He didn't seem to notice them all at first, and when I started to scream, he just laughed louder. Come on down with me, kid. It'll be okay. I want to show you something down beyond that door. You have to see it. It's really something. He'd used my shock and horror to close the distance between us, but he was still a good 15 feet away when he sprang for me. His weight brought me down easily, and he was immediately on top, feet bearing down on my arms as he tried to use his leverage and terrible strength to snap them above the elbow. No, don't, just... My left arm gave way, pain flaring through me so sharply my vision started to go black. The agony was fighting with my terror now, and for a moment, it was close to winning. I passed out. It was over. He'd break me up and carry me down to whatever weighted me down there. Just then, I heard something below us, faint but clear even through the floor. Sharply cold chiming of a bell. Something about that sound 
scared me more than anything else had, and in my fear I found the strength to rip my right arm from under Joey's boot, acting more out of instinct than anything else. I jammed the flare into his side, digging it in as he began to scream and try to get away from me. The wind had been knocked out of me when he landed on me, and between that and the pain, I could barely breathe. Still, I didn't have time to rest or recover, and if I tried to run, he'd just catch me again. Rolling on my right side, I struggled to my feet. One of the other flares had come loose in the fight, but the last one was still sticking out of my pocket. Thankfully, the right pocket. Grabbing it out, I put the cap in my mouth and twisted it free roughly before spitting it out. I was keeping my eyes on Joey the entire time. The first flare had fallen when he jumped away, but his side was still smoking more than I'd have expected, and as I watched, he went from being doubled over to collapsing on the ground. I felt an illogical pang of worry and sympathy for him again and forced myself to kill it. This wasn't Joey. Gorge rising, I saw the red worms starting to crawl out from him a little, their heads raised as if testing the air. Whatever this was, it had to die. Knowing it was a risk, I ran back to the office. We hadn't had a power outage in a couple of years, but last time Joey had brought in a pair of big kerosene lanterns for us to use. As far as I knew, they were still in that cabinet somewhere. I found them quick enough, though I realized halfway through trying to get them down that I couldn't reach the one farther back with my good arm. Fuck it. One would have to do. Joey was back up on his hands and knees when I got back out to him. His face was still writhing in spots, but it didn't seem closer to normal, and the spot on his side had finally stopped smoking. Sitting the lantern down, I unscrewed the fuel cap and picked it back up, slinging the contents of the lamp onto Joey while trying to keep as much distance as I could. Stop, man. I'm fucked up, but I need help. I think I went crazy for a minute. You're not, Joey. He looked up at me as he tried to get back to his feet and failed. What are you talking about? Of course I am. I just... Just just call somebody. I think I'm hurt bad. I finished slinging the lamp fuel and threw the lamp aside. Pulling the uncapped flare back out of my pocket, I bit down on the yellow tag and yanked it off, moving it away from the sudden heat and light as quick as I could, but not before I felt some of my hair start to burn and crisp on the right. I shook my head. It didn't matter. I just needed to get this done and get out of here. The Joey thing was laughing at me now? That's fine. Go ahead. Doesn't make any difference. Do you think I'm the first or the only? Do you think... That's the only door. Our time is coming, kid. His words turned into a ghastly screeching wail as I jammed the flare into his face. He made a final lunge for me, but this time I stepped back in time, and he fell to the concrete, his entire body already engulfed in orange and then blue flame. I grabbed up the third flare and waited in case he got up again, but by the time it stopped burning, there wasn't much left. I almost threw the last flare back down then. I was desperate to get out of there, away from it, away from whatever was beneath us. There was no way I was going back down there to try and stop it or destroy that door, but maybe I could at least do something to slow it down. 
went back to the office and got a chair. Pulled down the other lantern, and I also found the gas cans we kept for the forklift the rare times we needed. Even with the broken arm, my fear helped me work fast, and in ten minutes I had several spots soaked and ready to burn. I left the flare burning on the last spot and went out to my car. I almost went to the local hospital or the police, but Jessica's Resolve has always been a strange town, and I don't trust that this all happened without anyone knowing about it. Either way, something in me whispered that I needed to get away while I could. Get away, and maybe it won't be worth anyone's trouble to hunt me down. I don't need to make it easy for them, after all. I'll have to make ATM withdrawals for the next few days, but I'll try to make it unpredictable and then head in a different direction when I'm done. After that, I'm going far away and laying low for a while, taking cash jobs and watching my back, all the time looking out for something out of place or wrong. Because that's what I've learned. I need to listen to the small voice. Remember the world is a much stranger and hungrier place than most people realize. And wishing that it wasn't doesn't make it so. So if I see something else wrong or that doesn't belong, I'm not doubting it. And I'm not walking away next time. I'm going to fucking run. Hello everyone. I hope you enjoyed tonight's story. I know uh, it's a little bit shorter than most of the videos on the channel lately, but... um. I've been having some really weird issues with my editor lately, my uh, video editor. I don't know what's going on with it. I think it may be my computer. Maybe something got deleted and I don't know about it. I don't know. need a new computer, but cross that bridge when I get to it, I guess. Um, let me know what you thought about the story in the comment section below. If you'd like to hear more like it, some of these, like, Paranormal, multi-dimensional stories. I know they're kind of weird and sci-fi-ish, but they're really interesting and really, really fun to read. So let me know if you want to hear more. I also want to take this time to thank all of my $5 patrons and members. If you don't know, if you pledge $5 on Patreon or over here as a member on YouTube, you get videos a day or two days in advance, and you also get a shout-out at the end of the video. Same thing over on Patreon. Um, you can also pledge just $1 and get videos early, but don't get a shout out if that's something that you want to do. But without further ado, I want to thank Amethyst, Amet, Caroline, Christina Smith, CT, Deborah Tychus, Elizabeth Watkins, LSG, Furious Weasel, If In Doubt, Flat Out, Jesse, Jess, Jess, Justinia Zaromsky, Karen Parrott, Kat, Kathy Flanning, Lee Riggs, Lindsay Pruitt, Melody Evans, Melissa Berwick, Mindy Bannon, Moon Potato, Nicholas Moore, Nikki Parsons, Nora, Nova Nocturne, Patricia Rodea, Ray Clegg, Centennial, The New On 24, Tiger Princess, Triumph, and Victoria Step. That list is just getting longer and longer, it seems. I really, really appreciate all the support from everyone who pledges, everyone who doesn't but just shows up and watches the videos and leaves a nice comment. I really appreciate all of you. Thank you all for the continued support. Take care of yourselves and all of those around you. And as always, stay safe out there.